name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters, this reading that Jesus gives us today, this reading the church gives us today, we begin the season of Qudushet, the season of the sanctification of the church, the season in which we reflect upon the church that Jesus Christ himself has given us, in order that we might become his disciples, in order that we might see the light and the truth of the light. My brothers and sisters, the truth today is under attack like it's never been under attack before. And it happens in society, it happens in government, it happens in all levels of power. There are even members of our own political parties, there are members of our own, uh, of the country, right? Who attack the church, who explicitly say that they make it their life mission to go against the church because they realize the church is this thing that seems kind of old-fashioned, is this thing that kind of brainwashes people into thinking and not being woke enough or whatever it might be, right? And so there is this constant battle between, literally, I'm not dramatizing it, but good and evil. There is this wokeness that kind of goes across everything, right? And tries to strangle everything, and tries to put death into everything. And that is what we're fighting against as a church. The truth is constantly under attack because there is no truth. We talked about last week how judgment. You cannot judge. You can do whatever you want. You can live your own lifestyle, your own sexual orientation. You can have your own opinion. You can have your own gender. You can do whatever it is that you want, as long as you don't judge one another, you're doing fine. Because guess what, there is no truth, we're not really aiming towards anything. It's whatever makes you feel good in the present moment. There's never been a bigger lie that's been uttered. There's never been a bigger lie that has been uttered. When we look in the Gospel today, by the way, make no mistake, every detail of the Gospel has to be studied. When we look at the Gospel today, we see Jesus speaking to His disciples at Caesarea Philippi. Now, Caesarea Philippi is kind of this strange place. It's this place where the Jewish king, who by the way, is only supposed to worship one God, right? It's a place where the Jewish king has built a temple to one of the Roman emperors because he wants to have favor with him, right? And so it's a strange place. Many gods are being worshipped, and yet it still sits within near the holy city of Jerusalem. So in the midst of Jesus, standing at Caesarea Philippi, he asks his disciples this question. Who do men say that I am? Who do people say that I am? His disciples give many, many answers. Some say John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets. All of them are missing the point, all of them are not paying attention, all of them have fallen short of the truth. Today, Jesus asks us that same question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of society? Who does society say that I am? Who do men say that I am nowadays? Who am I to you? In the midst of your confusion, in the midst of this world, who am I? In the midst of temptations of life, in the midst of all these ideologies, all these different ways of thinking in the world, who am I to you? Am I the truth? Am I the way? Am I the life? He continually asks that in a world that constantly attacks him. In a world that constantly goes against the Catholic Church for again, this thinking that it's backward and not woke enough. Not with the times enough. And so Jesus gives us this answer, right? Jesus gives us the answer when he asks Simon Peter, and he says, 
Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the one who's going to save us, you are the one who's going to show us the truth, you are the one who's going to show us the way. You are the one who's going to show us the light in this darkness and this confusion. My brothers and sisters, the truth is under attack. As I said before, right? There's so many ways in which the truth is under attack and you don't have to look too far, right? You know, we talked about people can, you know, they always have a right to their opinion without being attacked. They have a right to their orientation without being attacked. They have a right to everything without being under attack. There's even, it even goes so far enough to, this week I learned what um, furries are. Do you, does anyone know what furries are? Raise your hand if you know what furries are. See, what's the saddest thing is, some of the kids who are in the front, right, some of these servers, know what this term is. There are people who think they're cats. People who think they're animals. And the schools, I wish I was making this up. I laugh at it. I really wish, I thought it was a joke when I first heard it. I learned it just this week. Some schools in our area even go so far enough to put litter boxes in bathrooms to accommodate those who think they're animals. When there's no truth, life is just becomes utterly ridiculous. There's a teacher I heard of who recently in a local school district who thinks she's a squirrel. And because she's a squirrel, you can't raise your hand, but you got to scratch at her to get her attention. There was an art teacher in a local school who showed her children somebody defecating on a cross and said, that's art. When there is no truth, everything becomes allowed, according to your feelings and how it is you feel. My brothers and sisters, the truth is under attack. What are we doing? What is it we're doing and what answers does Jesus give us? He gives us a church. He says there is hope. There is hope in that he gives us a church based on Simon Peter, right? The Pope. He says, you are, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. And guess what? Pope Francis is Peter. The Pope is our Peter who is to guide us to the way of Jesus. And that is what we take to heart is that there is this hope in the world, that there is this church that is guiding us to the truth. Now, we need to stick close to the church now more than ever, right? A lot of us even seem to be divided on what it is the church even teaches. Well, why does the church teach that? I don't believe in that, whatever it might be. My brothers and sisters, take a step back. Take a step back and realize what it is the church is teaching. The church is teaching these things, right? The church is teaching these things because it wants us to be aware of what brings life, what brings light, how to uphold the family, how to say the family is the most important thing you can ever ascribe to because the family is where the church begins, and how to push aside everything else that brings death. The church has thought about these things. It's thought about these things. And so for us to be divided on what the church teaches, we need to take a step back and really realize, is it our own ego that's at play here, or is it the good of the church? Is it the good of society? Is it the good of the family? And so today, he tells us, he gives us a church. And there is a lot of hope to be founded on this church. There is a lot of hope. But my brothers and sisters, you are the church. All of you who are sitting here today are the church. All of you who are sitting here today are the ones who are going to receive the Eucharist, are the ones who are going to have Christ now dwelling within you. You're going to be strengthened by Christ, and you will go forward proclaiming his message. We can't just leave it to the Qasha. You can't just say, oh, well, well, Father Marcus and Father Sawan and all, you know, they all have it under control. They're the ones evangelizing. No, 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 I, I'm stuck in the office. I'm stuck in the office all day. 
I'm stuck in the office. I'm stuck praying. I'm stuck doing all these things, right? I'm not stuck doing I enjoy doing these things. That is my ministry. You see more people than I do. You go out into the world. You go out into your workplaces. You go out to school. And you have more of an impact than I do. That is where the church begins. When we leave here on Sundays, when we go to our places throughout the week, the church begins with you. My brothers and sisters, if we are not constantly fighting for the truth, which is constantly under attack, we're losing. We're losing our ways as Christians. We need to fight for what we believe. The other thing God also gives us here is a community. And what a beautiful community. And I want to just think of Holy Martyrs in general, right? As kind of a parish. When we look at Holy Martyrs as a parish, it's this beautiful, beautiful family dynamic of a parish. Just look at how many young children there are around, right? It's beautiful. When you look at the history of Holy Martyrs, when it first began in 2010, there are so many groups that started that want to be kind of this change in the world, that want to spread the truth of Christ to the world. And one group that always kind of comes to mind, you know, in the midst of their busyness, is one of them, right? It's the Moms Group and the, the Holy Martyrs Men's Group. Beautiful witnesses of faith. When we take the Moms Group, for example, you know, when it first started in 2010, there were about 20 to 40 moms. And each one, of course, is busy. Each one has a life. Each one has young children. Each one has a family to raise and to care for. But they came together to realize they need to put together events for the parish. To realize they need to put together events for the families. And what a transformation it's been in just the past 12 years. It quickly became that the moms group began to host the summer camp, which each summer took in about 700 children, young children, and taught them the truth of Jesus Christ. Then the communion catechism program started to be transformed and started to gain more and more children. Now every Saturday, right, there's five to 700 children who are here who are learning about how to take their first communion, about how learning how to take catechism. But going back to the moms group, right, it's this beautiful witness of faith where here it is, they've come together, they want to do something for their church, they want to do something for their faith, and yes, they might be busy, but they realize that they are investing in a foundation for their children. They realize they're investing in a foundation for their children. They can't depend on the schools. They can't depend on the outside society. This is the community that Jesus gives us. This is the community that we need to invest in. This is the community as to how we go forward in life. Because this is where our children are baptized. This is where they receive their first Holy Communion. This is where they are married. This is where they die. Everything is done here. Invest in the community that is done here. And they realized. When we invest in the community that we have here in Holy Martyrs, and there's no shortage of opportunities to serve and build up this community. From the servers, from the youth groups, from the moms group, from the men's group, whatever it might be, there's no shortage of opportunities to serve the Lord Jesus. Invest. Invest in something that is worthwhile. Invest not... You know, we all, as we become more Americanized, we want to kind of, right, we want to be invested in, in like, you know, the parent groups at the schools and things of the nature. But I promise you, after they graduate high school, they'll probably have one or two friends that they'll still keep in contact with from high school. Here, it becomes lifelong. Many of the original members of the moms group, right, as they began to take their kids to these, these meetings that they would host every week, guess what? Their children grew, grew up together, became friends together built a community here, and now many of them serve at our youth groups, 
teaching other children about who Jesus Christ is in their life. How, he's, their, how Jesus Christ has impacted their life, and now they go forward with that same mission in mind. My brothers and sisters, as we focus on the church, as we focus on the season of the church, this glorious season that the church gives us, we need to invest in the futures of our children. We need to invest in the futures of our children. We need to invest in the future of this church, in the foundation of this church, and to go forward knowing that as we fight the truth, as we fight for the truth, we fight against those who are attacking Jesus Christ. So that we can show them that there is a transformation that happens when you enter into this church. But we need to invest. We need to invest. My brothers and sisters, the truth is under attack. Jesus Christ is under attack. How do we defend him? How do we fight for him? It starts here, when we invest in our community, when we invest in our church, when we invest in the church that God gives us, so we may always say that the glory of God is here and that he's giving us the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen.